Don't miss out on the latest news and events in your community. Visit StarLocalMedia.com today. Sign up for our newsletter and stay informed on all the latest stories affecting your neighborhood. And if you're a local business owner, let us help you reach your target audience with our effective advertising solutions. Visit StarLocalMedia.com and take the first step towards staying connected to your community. Today's podcast is brought to you by Star Local Media, 14 newspapers and websites with a print distribution of 270,000 homes and monthly page views of 600,000 online. Star Local Media, your community voice for news. Welcome to another edition of the Star Local Media Sports Podcast. My name is Matt Welch. I'm the sports editor here at Star Local Media, and I am being joined by Justin Thomas, who is our Denton County sports editor, as well as Brian Murphy, who is our sports editor for Frisco, Little Elm, Salina, Prosper, you name it. So um, we're going to talk. Uh, we're going to talk some high school baseball today. You know, last uh, last Monday's podcast was devoted to softball. We're going to shift gears and go baseball to kick off this week and just um, play a little bit bit of uh, catch up as all of our teams are now just past the. Point in district play, and we've got plenty uh, materializing as far as playoff races, district title races, whatnot. So let's, uh, yeah, let's give y'all uh, kind of an update on how that's shaking out in our markets. Um, we're going to actually start in Class Five A this time. We're going to work in a in a different order than usual. We're going to start on um, actually in District 14 Five A and a look at um, kind of how things are shaking out there as of now. And one thing is for each district, you know, I'll list off the standings. Um, one thing to note is that because the weather was so crappy last Friday and you know, next to no games were actually played that night, that a lot of games were rescheduled either over the weekend or at some point this week. So you might have, you know, some records that aren't, you know, that are one game, you know, behind, you know, another team just because they haven't played their uh, their eighth game yet. Most teams should be eight games in if I'm looking over these standings right. Um, right now over in 14-5A, you've got Prosper all alone in first place at 8-0, running the table. What else is new for the Eagles? It's just they seem to be doing that in every sport in this district. Uh, you have Lake Dallas. In second place at seven and one, uh, one game up on the Colony at six and two, and then you have Little Elm in fourth place at five and three, and those four have kind of distanced themselves and put themselves in position to be the top four out of the play out of the uh, the postseason mix in that district. Um, to round it out, you've got R.L. Turner in fifth place at three and five, and then you have a uh, a three-way tie for last place between McKinney North, Creekview, Newman Smith at one and seven. Um, Brian. Um, I mean, like I said, man, just prosper, doing prosper things in this uh, in this baseball district. I know this is a sport that they've traditionally been yeah. very strong in. Um, what have you kind of seen out of Prosper and just its latest undefeated campaign through I district? Mean, I mean, they're pretty pretty dominant. You know, as as they've been, they I saw them play Little Elm. They you know they shut them out pretty pretty handedly. Um, you know, we were just talking before we we got on that McKinney North. You know, usually they're a baseball power mm-hmm. uh, in 14-5-8. Over the last you know few years, they've been really good at baseball. And then we were like, why, why do they only have one win? But then we looked at their, their it's scores. Been, it's been a lot of close losses yeah. for McKinney North, and the offense has taken it's taken some time to get going yeah. and get some consistent uh, some consistent production there. But that has and, not been the case for. And Prosper. it's like they've swapped with Lake Dallas. I didn't yeah. expect Lake Dallas to be as good as they were, and they're seven and one. Mm-hmm. And I you know I haven't seen them play uh, this year, so I, I couldn't tell you anything about Lake Dallas. But it's kind of a shocker. It's like you know I expected McKinney North to be you know that second or third place team. Mm-hmm. And Lake Dallas has kind of taken that spot, but yeah, now Prosper—they're taking advantage of you know their last year five A. You know, next year it'll get tougher when they're playing Allen and Plano's and and the, and the big six A powerhouses. But they're they're doing what what Prosper does. We should know they haven't played Lake, Lake Dallas or the Colony yet, though. So yeah, they, they haven't faced the two. 
toughest teams in the district so far yet either. That is the one thing, yeah. This is one of those, like a lot of baseball districts now, where they just do these home-and-home series. So it does make it a little bit tougher to kind of gauge how good the teams are just because your schedule might be a bit, you know, front-loaded or back-loaded. Yeah, I I guess we should probably note that to the fans, too, that it's halfway done, but you haven't played every team yet. It's not like softball where you play all seven teams and do it again. You could have a team that is like 7-1, and but you've played like the bottom three teams in the district and whatnot already. So you might be... And that's why kind of like with Lake Dallas, I'm fascinated to see what their home stretch looks like because um, they are yet to play Little Elm yeah. fourth place and Prosper first place. Those are going to be their last two series. They play Creekview this week. Um, but so far, Lake Dallas has at the very least put itself in good position to um, you know to, to get to the playoffs after missing out last season. Um, like I mentioned, they're seven and one, and a lot of this is um, is thanks to um, you know you asked what the big ter- you know what the one of the big keys is, and that's that they have one of the like maybe the front runner for a pitcher of the year in the district in uh, in Mason Meeks, who is um, you know he's coming off two complete game shutout uh, performances, you know three zero versus North, two zero versus the Colony, um, and this was I mean he was their ace last year, so I mean this was you know they obviously were able to ride his arm pretty far, and it just seems like he's kind of gone up a notch from a uh, from a dominant standpoint, and he's also quite the uh, quite the astute hitter as well. Mm-hmm. He um, in their uh, in their district game against R.L. Turner, which again at the time you might have thought that it was you know wow like like Dallas going down to the wire with R.L. Turner that seems kind of alarming, but it turns out R.L. Turner is actually you know pretty yeah. solid this season. And, um, you know, you had Mason Meeks, who actually came in to pitch five innings of relief in that game, and then um, he was also batting, and then came in, I actually think he was, I don't know if he was pinch hitting or whatnot, but he came in in extra innings, and he hit a grand slam <laughs> and, um, in route to a, a rare, uh, they won that game, uh, I want to say it won 13 innings, and they won 14 to 6, so your rare eight-run, 13-inning ball game. Um, but yeah, he's just kind of been getting it done all over the place from, you know, for Lake Dallas, and it's a huge reason why they're uh, in position to, to get back to the playoffs. We'll see what these last few weeks hold, because like I said, the schedule is going to definitely ratchet up over the last two weeks when they play two of the teams that are in that top four. But, you know, they they at least able to get a split against the Colony in what was kind of their first real test in district play. The Colony, you know, took it to them on Tuesday, beat them, I think, 11-1 to was the score. And then they threw Mason Meeks out there on Friday, and they won 2-0. to That's just what a difference, you know, just his arm can make. It seems like Mason Meeks is the uh, Otani. That's right. That's right. Well, the Colony has a pitcher that might be making a case for Pitcher of the Year as well, though. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned that 11-1 game. Bryce yeah. Lero got the win in that one for the Colony, and that one run was actually the first run he's given up in district. Okay, so wow, there you go. Yeah, wow. That's... <laughs> Was 3-0 with a 0 ERA in district going into that one, I believe. So Maybe it'll be a co-pitcher of the year like yeah. they'll often do on these all-district <laughs> lists. <laughs> we know the 14-5A likes to make up some extra categories, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of stick with the colony though, and just kind of how um, just how they've been progressing to the point where they're now also you know in a pretty favorable. Position. Yeah, well, last year they you know they hadn't made the playoffs since I think 2011 until getting there last yeah. year and then going down in the, the first round. But uh, they have a lot of talent back from that team. I mentioned Bryson Lero. Uh, Shea Hardis was actually the uh, newcomer of the year last year, and he's you know their number one starter, I guess. He's the Tuesday starter, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Friday starter for the Colony, I guess. Yeah. But he's having another solid season, and he's a pretty good uh, bat offensively as well. And then uh, Jordan Oliveira is another guy hitting at the top of the lineup. He does a little bit of everything for the Colony. He can come in relief, good in the field, multiple positions. And then uh, backup quarterback in football, Keegan Schultz, is Ooh. back. He was a, another all-district performer last year, and he's having a pretty dynamite season. Sage Bonner had, I think, five RBIs mm-hmm. in that 11-1 win over Lake Dallas. So... Pretty uh, productive lineup from top to bottom for the Colony. And, you know, they have some other experienced players back, too, like Cameron Hill and uh, Chase Long. So 
pretty experienced, you know, some college talent, and I'm not really too surprised to see where they're at okay. right now. How about with um, just some quick thoughts on Little Elm and just their five and three star? I mean, speaking of college talent, I mean, they have an Oklahoma commit. I know you're I'm an OU alum. You're Rumor big sooner. <laughs> you know, it's Logan. the second time OU's got a shout out on this podcast. <laughs> so Logan Kohler, you know, he's the quarterback for Little Elm. He's kind of like Keegan Schultz. He's, you know, probably the best baseball player as well. Uh, he moved, He made the move from second base and starting pitcher to third base and kind of a closer role this year. And he's been, you know, awesome. Lights out at that position. Uh, you know, ver- you know, he's been more effective throwing 30 pitches versus, you know, going, you know, trying to trying to go for a marathon for 90 pitches. He's been a lot uh, more explosive there, you know, in the late innings. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they have, they have other pitchers, uh, Carson Cox, Dylan Salinas, the two other starters, uh, they're college bound. You know, they're, they lost um, – some guys, Frenier Chavez, one of the best players to go through that program, shortstop. Uh, he's playing uh, college baseball now, too. But he has a freshman brother, almost the exact identical name. It's Frainer and Frenier. One letter separates the two. Not sure uh, <laughs> why there. But, uh, and it, uh, I remember when they played Prosper in this district opener, I looked at the scorecard, the starting lineup, and I saw Frenier Chavez. I was like, man, I thought he graduated. Now we held him back here. He was the district MVP. Like, we need him back. We need him back in 2018. But no, it's his freshman brother. He's a lot smaller. I looked at, I saw him out on the diamond. I was like, that's not Frenier. <laughs> and he's about five inches shorter, but he's a freshman, and they're already saying he he could be better than his uh, brother was by the okay. time he's a senior. So, uh-huh. little on there, they're on their way, most likely to a playoff berth once again. Let's then look at uh, District Thirteen Five A out in Frisco, and for this, we don't have to go team by team. I'll just kind of just uh, what, what has been kind of the biggest takeaway from the first half is we just kind of uh, a quick update on these standings. This is one of those districts that has a lot of games being played uh, later this afternoon, uh, yeah. Monday, at the time of this recording. Um, you have in first place, you have Frisco Wakeland at uh, six and one. Um, Heritage is in second at five and two. Um, Reedy and uh, Centennial are tied for third at five and three. They actually did get in their Friday game, apparently. And then um, you have Lone Star in fifth place at four and three. Um, just a half game back of third. And then, um, let's see, Independence two and five, sixth. Frisco also two and five in sixth. And Liberty winless at 0 and 7. Um, Brian, what has been your biggest takeaway from the first half or so of District 13 5A? Wakeland is still Wakeland, I guess. They lost their entire starting lineup. They return a few players, mm-hmm. you know, some relief pitchers. Uh, Colby Delashaw back, who's been one of, you know, one of their top hitters this year. Uh, but, you know, it's been a bunch of sophomores and juniors stepping up their catcher, J.D. Gregson. Uh, the other night, a couple weeks ago against Reedy, he hit a big three-run homer as they beat Reedy, another team who looks like they're playoff bound. But Wakeland, you know, they went to the state tournament last year, lost um, in, the, in the state semifinals, and, you know, right here they are, first place in 13-5A again. Barry Rose does a fantastic job. But the real surprise of this district, I think, has been Heritage. Mm-hmm. They've never made the playoffs in, their ba- in, in history, in baseball. Uh, and you know they're in second place right now. They're looking looking really really good. I, I met up with them uh, a couple weeks ago for a big story. You know they're they're a senior heavy team. They have a lot of experience and they're they're ready to uh, to threaten Wakeland for a district title this year. Interesting. And they have another guy who's a dual, uh, you know another multi sport athlete, Amari Jones, the quarterback right. for Frisco Heritage. He's going to Tulane. He's going to be the running back uh, at Tulane next year. He's all healed up from the football. He's injury. all oh yeah. He had a grand slam okay. a few weeks ago. I saw him hit it. And he's he's. Might be one of, if not their fastest players on the team. He's their leadoff guy too, mm-hmm. so he's he's back to 100. percent And then over in Class 6A, let's talk about a few of our 6A districts. Um, Justin, we can kind of shift gears now to the Louisville ISD district out in 5-6A, and a much different set of standings than I'm used to looking at in a district yeah, that involves okay. Louisville ISD. Um, to give y'all kind of an update on how that district sits right now, you've got first place. This is not a surprise. Uh, South Lake Carroll, they're always good at baseball. Still are. They're seven and one in first place. Uh, second place. You 
you have uh, Byron Nelson, Trophy Club Byron Nelson at six and two, and then um, LD Bell is at uh, in third at five and two. They have an unfinished game against Eulis Trinity. Yeah, looks like they were leading, but it got uh, delayed for the weather. Mm-hmm. So I guess I think they're going to continue that. Pick today. it up there with Bell leading Trinity three to two. I guess so. I if Bell holds on there, then they would get up to a tie for second with yeah. Byron Nelson. And then in fourth place, you have Marcus at four and four. Uh, Flower Mound, Flower Mound High is in fifth at three and five. We just mentioned Trinity. Currently, they are in sixth at two and five. And then you have a tie for seventh between uh, Louisville and Hebron at two and six. Pretty surprising, Justin. Yeah, kind of what do you make definitely. of just the uh, of this very this unconventional uh, layout right now that we have in five six a? Yeah, so used to seeing all the Louisville teams up there. You know, last year they got three of the four playoff spots, and one of them was a tie for the last one between Louisville and Hebron. So um, definitely odd to see Hebron and Louisville down at the bottom of the standings, and then of course. Uh, Flower Mountain hasn't missed the playoffs in forever, so weird to see them at uh, fifth place. But you know they kind of got off to a slow start last year. I think they were one and three or zero oh and two or something. You know, somebody might have gotten on my case about my predictions having them in the playoffs, which they ended up making anyway. So uh, slow start for Flower Mountain again, but uh, might have saved their season last week. They got a pair of one-run wins over Hebron, to, uh, so they started out one and five. Um, a couple big wins against Hebron mm-hmm. to get to three and five and kind of stay in there. And they've already played Southlake, so they, want, they have that one out of the mix. So if they can have a good showing in the Mound Showdown against uh, rival Marcus this week, they mm-hmm. could get in better positions because their schedule softens a little bit with Trinity and Louisville to close. Mm-hmm. And I guess looking but at those like those top three, it's not like everyone expects Southlake to probably be in contention for a district title. And LD yeah. Bell has enough tradition to where yeah, it's... You know, I think they made the playoffs like three or four years in a row. Yeah, and they had a big upset of Coppell one year, if I recall. Mm-hmm. But, so not surprising to see those programs, but maybe just surprising to see them ahead of uh, the LISD school. Oh, yeah. The other thing about this district is like it, the games are have all been super close. Like I'm looking at Mark Flowerbound's schedule right now. You know, two one five four three one three one five three six two two one. So Louisville's been right in there in a lot of games. So even the teams that are kind of out of the playoffs right now are. Mm-hmm. Right in there, and you mentioned uh, Marcus in fourth. They're the only LSC team that will make the playoffs right now, and they just got a big split with Carroll in their series last week, so they're the only team that's beat the Dragons so far. Let's uh, let's stick with you, and then just talk a little bit about a, a team that's, you know, there's nothing yeah. <laughs> nothing out of character at all for over a 9-6-A with Capel, yeah. and um, they start that they are off to. Uh, Capel is in first place in 9-6-A, as will usually be the case. Um, that's just one of the more perennially strong baseball yeah. programs in the in the Metroplex. They are 8-0 so far. Um, they've got a two-game lead over Jesuit and Lake Highlands, who are in second place at 6-2. and two. You have W.T. White and uh, Pierce, Richardson Pierce, uh, tied for fourth at four and four, uh, Richardson High is in sixth place at two and six, and Berkner and Skyline rounded out at one and seven. Um, yeah, I said Capel's just kind of taking care of business. And yeah, they've already played. I mean, they've already played Jesuit. Yeah, that's right? the impressive. Well, not only have they played Jesuit, you look at those standings and they're eight and zero, and they've already played second, third, and fourth. Okay, so, so and Pierce, so they've they've already got the tough part out of the way. Hard work <laughs> out of the way. They're eight and zero, and. So pretty soft finish, but they do have some non-district games scheduled to kind of help them stay in tune. I think they're playing Plano West and a couple of the Frisco schools on non-district Saturday okay. games to just try to get some extra work for their pitchers and kind of honestly to get a little tougher competition. Which you need, yeah, playoffs. because then when you're in a district like that, that's just so like because I don't think Richardson or Skyline is going to give them much of a game. <laughs> no, once what about, about Berkner? <laughs> <laughs> once you got past Jesuit, I mean, that was because like, Jesuit's a program that's always you know pretty yeah. strong at baseball too. And once because that's I mean that was the first series yeah, to that start was an off opener, right? and that was a pretty competitive. I think Coppell won the first game eight to five, and then six mm-hmm. to two or something yeah. maybe. So it was pretty competitive games, but yeah. 
8-0 and already played the four teams that you would think would give them any trouble. Although Berkner is at the bottom of those standings, and they've been really close with everybody. Uh -huh. um, so maybe Berkner could give a surprise. But yeah, it looks like not only the playoffs, but they're probably going to clinch this district title pretty soon. Yeah. And pretty impressive, too, because they lost a lot of talent from last year, but Kendall Clark always seems to reload. I know he keeps a big big varsity roster and likes to get those guys working with the varsity. I think that helps transition from year to year. Then um, let's round out. Uh, let's round out with a look at District Six Six A, the good old Plano Allen McKinney District, and um, how that's one. This is this district's been very, uh, very up and down as we um, as we kind of make our way through it. You've got in first place. You have a tie for first. Our first tie um, of the podcast between Plano and Allen. They are six and two, just one game up on a tie for third place between uh, Denton Geyer and McKinney Boyd at five and three. You've got Plano West in fifth place at four and four. Uh, McKinney and, and sixth at three and five. Plano East in let's see they are two and six in seventh place and Wiley rounds it out at uh, in eighth at one and seven. With this on, I mean, I guess we can focus on the uh, just kind of the top four teams in this district, um, primarily Allen, Plano, and McKinney Boyd. Um, it's it's kind of strange because the more we've kind of followed this district, you know, obviously like you know like y'all's districts, they do the home and home series as well. So, and the good thing is is that of those top four, you've already had like they've all essentially played each other for the most part. Um, you know, Plano and Boyd are playing later this week, and then Geyer and Boyd still have to play. But you've already got you know Allen Plano out of the way, Geyer Allen, Geyer Plano. So those top you know those top three teams, it's been those top three in some combination for most of the season, and um, and it's. We've, so they've played each other, and yet um, I, it's still kind of up in the air as to who the best team might be. I mean, you've got two teams that are tied for first place, and both have kind of conducted their business in you know kind of different fashions. You know, Plano has uh, you know Plano got shut out in its district opener by Geyer five zero, and they've won six out of seven since. And that only loss was a three two loss to Allen in a game where they were leading for a for a good chunk. And during this uh, you know this stretch. Um, you know, Plano has uh, outscored its opponents uh, 46 to 17, and they haven't allowed you know more than three runs in their past five district games. So the pitching and defense has really fallen into place. Coming into the season, pitching depth was kind of expected to be the uh, kind of the cornerstone of this team with guys like you know Matt Foster, you know Bo Leonard's, Quentin Frederick. Um, let's see, uh, Ben Patterson, who they threw last Friday against Wiley, um, and you know Coach Rick Robertson has a pretty healthy stable of guys that he can turn to, and um, you know in the uh, in the uh, in the bullpen. And it's really kind of paid off so far. But then you, um, you know, you look at a team like like Allen, which is uh, they're six and two as well, and they've played the toughest schedule of anybody in the district. I mean, they opened up against. I mean, their series so far have been against Boyd, Plano, Geyer, um, Plano West. They've played the top four, the next four teams in the district already. So, and they're six and two. But by that same accord, like it's it's not the same kind of six and two. They 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 kind of go about winning these games in some unconventional ways. Like I just mentioned, they uh, you know when they beat Plano three to two. Um, I was at that game and you're just kind of watching the game and you know Allen Allen got on the board early with a the run, then Plano's able to counter with two, and then you you know a few innings pass by and it seems like Plano's really kind of starting to figure out this Allen lineup. And then in the fifth inning in just the span of like three at bats, Allen's back in front three two. And you know Allen which had really like hadn't shown much of a pulse, then they just in a in the blink of an eye, they're back up front, three-two, and they end up winning that game. And talking to coach, uh, head coach Paul Coe afterwards, he had said that there have been times like that this season where they'll just kind of be—I believe the exact terminology he used was moseying along—and then just out of uh, out of nowhere, then they just—they're—they're. They're, oh wow, okay, we're ahead, we're winning. And so they've—it's—it's um, it's definitely not the most authoritative, you know, kind of 
way of you know finding the win column, but they're winning games nonetheless. I mean, they just look at a you know look at last Friday against uh, against Denton Geyer. They lost to Geyer six to three on Tuesday, and then um, we're actually down heading into the uh, you know into the seventh inning, and then then posted. Let me see. It was um, they put together a seven run seventh inning and came wow. back and beat Geyer eight to seven. So I mean, it's uh, you know it's a team that uh, is opportunistic, huh? So just like your Red Sox, absolutely best team in baseball right now. Mark it down. <laughs> and then um, yeah, so I mean, it's I'm not sure how like you know how much of a if that if that you know kind of random consistency will you know if you can rely on that kind of long term if you're Allen, but um, nevertheless, is the yeah, yeah, did you just make up a term there? Random. Consistency? It does sound like just a long way of saying inconsistency. <laughs> Random consistency. It <laughs> <laughs> does seem like a really long way of just saying inconsistent. Um, but yeah, the uh, the thing that has been at least more consistent for Allen has been their uh, much like playing of their pitching and their defense. They've got a uh, a freshman who has been their Tuesday starter for most of district, named Brett Tanksley, who um you know has is in line probably might be the front runner right now for newcomer of the year out of District Six Six A. He was able to lead them to wins in his first two district starts, and then they've kind of started to kind of slow him down a bit, monitor his innings. He didn't throw last Tuesday against Geyer. I'm um, just trying to keep his arm you know, healthy and whatnot. With all the kids that Allen has, how many starting pitchers have they used in district play, I should say? They've only, well, they've settled on, um, you know, Brett Tanksley has usually been their Tuesday starter, and Kyle Williams has been their Friday guy. Okay. But they, I mean, it's Allen, you know, they've, I mean, when Tanksley wasn't pitching, I think they've, like, got three or four guys. They use, it's kind of a committee effort if one of their, yeah. if one of their, uh, you know, their go-to starters isn't there. But um, outside of that, I mean, but again, like, while it doesn't sound like the most like glowing review to say that Allen's offense has been kind of inconsistent and they just keep finding ways to win. At the end of the day, they still have like, they're 6-2 and two after having played the toughest schedule in the district. And their three remaining series are against, you know, you know, Plano East, Wiley, McKinney, the three, the bottom three teams in the district. So, at the very least, they put themselves in great position to potentially repeat as district champions, which, for a team that lost, I mean, every single inning that was pitched last year in district play and the playoffs, I mean, to be able to potentially repeat as district champions mm-hmm. would be a major, major accolade for uh, for that program. Um, and then also, I mean, you got you can't leave out McKinney Boyd, which, you know, kind of a... Uh, had a bit of a slow start. They ran into Allen to start district and got swept, and pretty convincing too, like eight to one, four to one, something like that. And you know, then they've uh, since kind of got it together. They've won five of their past six, and um, they just recently swept Plano West, who they were tied with, um, you know, for fourth place at the start of the week. So now that's, I mean, that's massive for McKinney Boyd's playoff hopes, just for uh, potential tiebreaker purposes. That's the one thing about these uh, these home and home series, just in all across these districts, you can't get swept in any series. Just you, you want to yeah. do like at the very least you got to split because if you if you surrender that tiebreaker to one of these other teams then you just I mean because then you're just kind of scoreboard watching that team the rest mm-hmm. of the way just hoping you don't end yeah. up tied with them at the end of the season um, but then you've got McKinney Boyd which has really bounced back you know since that uh, since that setback to Allen and looking over to some uh, some box scores for them they've scored at least six runs in six consecutive games I'm anchored mostly by the top half of their order guys like Tyler Collins Jack Brinkley Ethan Mann Davis Cunningham and Jake Russell. So props to the Broncos for being able to rebound. And because uh, this was a team that didn't make the playoffs last year out of 6-6A, and they have now thrust themselves into a pole position for that last playoff spot. 
Um, you know, one district that we didn't mention is uh, District 106A, the Garland ISD district, and that is actually the subject of our um, our Fast Forward Rewind Student Athlete Spotlight for the week. Um, Devin Hassan, our um, East Dallas County Sports Editor, was out at Rowlett um, to chat with one of their uh, one of their standout players, Logan Lair, who's making the transition from shortstop to catcher. And um, Logan talked about that and more with Devin. Take a look at uh, take a look at that. Hey y'all, this is Devin Hassan with the Star Local Media Sports Crew. Uh, we're talking baseball this week, and I'm joined by one of the top players in the area, Rowlett Senior Logan Lear. Logan, appreciate you taking a few minutes out of your time. Uh, Logan is a four-year uh, varsity starter for the Eagles, uh, which is kind of a rarity in the Class 6A. Um, you don't often have a freshman that can step in and contribute right away, but uh, Logan stepped in right away as the starting shortstop from pretty much day one. He is a three-time All-District honoree, and last year was voted the Defensive Player of the Year in 10-6A as a shortstop so it was a little bit of a curveball to me when I go out there and see you last week uh, playing mm -hmm. ball and you're behind the plate oh, catching yeah. so what prompted yeah. the uh, position change for your senior year uh, we were running light on catching we lost a lot of catchers last year so uh, Carmen said you know we're gonna need a catcher we're gonna need you to uh, step up back there because he knew I used to catch okay so I told him I could do it and I'm catching Okay. Pretty good so far. So, so, so you, you did have previous experience. Yes. How, how long ago, though, were you catching? Uh, probably about when I was 12, 11 or 12. So that was, that was a while ago. So it, was, it took a while to get back into it? or was Yeah, it, it took a little while. It took a couple of weeks to get back into, you know, blocking, yeah. get back in the rhythm of it. Because, you know, it's a lot different from catching 11-year-olds. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. So. Well, and I, I mentioned you as a four-year starter. Um, when you stepped in uh, four years ago as a freshman, was that an intimidating prospect, or was it a pretty smooth transition given the fact that you're going to be playing with guys two or three years older than you? It was, at first, it was intimidating, but uh, then once I got out there and I got to show everybody what I could do, you know, I kind of kind of got in smooth with it yeah okay i got used to it okay well now you've got probably a hundred games over a hundred games yes. in a rally uniform mm -hmm. uh, when you kind of look back at your overall game how have you evolved as a player over the course of your high school career as a player uh much more mature and understanding of the game that you're not always going to go three for three three for four that you know you're going to have bad games so I, that's my main main thing i've learned is maturity okay well and last year you guys 12 and 0 undefeated district champions mm -hmm. but you lost a lot of seniors from that team oh, yeah. now you've got some new faces you're the, mm -hmm. the senior they, tur they uh, turn to how have mm -hmm. you tried to embrace that leadership role how to embrace it is just go out there and do everything right just set an example you know just you know don't mess around too much don't let other people think they can just go out and lollygag around yeah know? so just try to show them that you know this is the right way to do it and just don't start messing around at practice, especially now with Carmen out there yeah. watching. <laughs> Very true that. Yeah. Um, now, you guys have a winning tradition, you know, 18 mm -hmm. consecutive playoff season. Get yes. positioned to make it 19 in a row. How important is that to you and those guys in terms of carrying on that legacy? I think it's awesome. I think we're all very proud of it. And we certainly don't want to be the class to, <laughs> to lose that. So that's, that's what we're playing for. You know, we're not playing for a, a district championship, even though it'd be nice to nice to win again we want to see how far we can go in the playoffs yeah so that's our main goal well and and winning has always obviously been a consistent thing with this program mm -hmm. uh the other thing that i've caught over the years is the dugout banter you guys have one of the liveliest dugouts uh, yeah. out there <laughs> what kind of things do y'all do on and off the field to kind of keep things loose keep things relaxed uh you know in the dugout it's all we're never talking bad about each other we're not ever smack talking each other you know somebody strike out and like hey hey you good just go out there next time just clear your mind and um on the field it's just 
if pitchers are going well, if they're throwing strikes, that's that's the main thing that keeps us energetic. If yeah. they're not, that starts, you know, making people angry. Yeah. <laughs> and we go out there and tell them, hey, calm down, throw strikes. Okay. And now you signed with Texas State, correct? Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, they're going to be the catcher there, or are you going to move back to shortstop? Uh, I'm not sure yet. <laughs> I told them I played all around the infield, and I told them I also catch. They said, well, that's good to be a utility player and yeah. you can catch. So, you know, once I get there, they'll just put me wherever. So what was it about that program that, I guess, sold you on uh, signing on for the next four years in San Marcos? Uh, they just they had a, they have a good program. I never thought about it that much until I went down there and watched them play. And I said, oh, yeah, this is, a, this is a school I want to go to. Yeah. And also I have family close down there, down in San Antonio. So I'll be close to family, and they they got a good school. Yeah, and San Marcos is a beautiful town. Yes. So it's, yes, it is. <laughs> uh, well, obviously, a lot to look forward to there, but first, unfinished business here. Mm-hmm. Uh, still got uh, in the stretch run of your senior campaign. Yeah. You know, when I talk to Coach Carmen uh, every year about goals and expectations, uh, he doesn't shy away from it. He says, you know, our goal is to make to the state tournament mm-hmm. and to win a state championship. Oh, yeah. Is that something that y'all uh, players actively talk about before or, or during the course of the season? Uh, a little bit. We don't. We don't specifically say we're going for state because we're just focusing right now on getting to playoffs. Mm-hmm. And then once we get to playoffs, we're just thinking about each game at a time because you can't really think a hey, second round we got to do this, third round we got to do this. We got to focus on the game that we're playing in the first round before we start thinking way ahead. Yeah. So it's mainly just focus on the moment. Well, and, and you mentioned, obviously, getting to the playoffs and, and being successful in the playoffs. Uh, you know, you're, you've been through this. You've been through the wars. You've been through the battles. You know what it takes to get there. You know what it oh, takes yeah. to win in the playoffs. What does this team need to do over the next three weeks to build momentum and, and, and to, I guess, be peaking at the right time to make a playoff run? Uh, to build momentum, you know, just keep staying focused on winning games. As we, uh, we lost two games in a row two weeks ago. And that kind of they let our momentum down. And then we played North Garland on Friday, and you know we're getting back into hitting a little bit, playing mm-hmm. defense well, throwing strikes, and we're getting that momentum back. But you know every day out here at practice, we're focusing on hitting line drives. We're not trying to do too much with it, and that's all we really got to focus on is hitting. Our defense is is doing good. That's the main thing is hitting. Okay, fantastic. Well, hey, Logan, I appreciate you taking a few minutes to uh, join us on the Star Local Media Podcast. And uh, best of luck to you and best of luck to the team the rest of the season. Thank you. All right, thank you to uh, to Logan and Devin for that uh, for that chat right there. We're going to round things out with a quick rundown of what our game coverage docket looks like on Tuesday, as well as any other news and notes that have come down the pipe since we uh, since we last spoke from within our markets. Um, Let's see, Brian, where are you going to be at tomorrow night? I will be at Lone Star High School as Centennial and Lone Star battle it out for potentially a third or fourth playoff spot, maybe a second. Who knows? We'll see. There's a lot lot, uh, on the balance there. Uh, Centennial and Lone Star uh, battle it out. And Centennial, they actually beat Wakeland last week 6-0. So the only um, 13-5A team to beat Wakeland this year. So should be an interesting game. I feel like you got an interesting, interesting game too tomorrow night, JT. I do. Could be uh, see if the colony can get back in the uh, district title hunt with Prosper in that series. If he gets back, so I'll be out at Prosper. That one's going to be at 7:30 actually at Prosper. And so I'm actually heading out of town this weekend, so I won't be at a game on Friday. But I think you're going to yeah, have a little with some soccer. That's right. I'll be picking up soccer later on in the week. I'll be covering the Region One Six A tournament out at uh, Justin at Justin Northwest. I mean, hey, first off. 
thank you for the, to the G, for the DFW uh, girls soccer programs in 6A Region One for all advancing to the regional yeah. tournament and getting that thing moved from Midland to uh, to Justin to save everybody just uh, hours of travel. Um, so that'll be uh, that'll be my plans for Friday for tomorrow night. I'm actually going to be out at McKinney Boyd. Um, was just talking about um, McKinney Boyd baseball and the run that they've got on. They're going to actually be playing Plano tomorrow night. Uh, first place Plano against third place Boyd. 7:30 at uh, McKinney Boyd. And then also as another note, um, you know, it was a busy week for me last week between having to cover, um, you know, the start of the postseasons for tennis and track. And I actually like covering track. I ran track in high school, and um, it's one of those spring sports that I kind of get excited for. And it was actually a pretty entertaining meet at the uh, for uh, for District 66A. You had um, the Plano girls winning their first district title in 25 years, and they did so by uh, they had to make a late late push. They won the final five events of the uh, of the meet, and they were, <laughs> and wound up winning. Uh, they wound up beating a uh, Denton guy. For, for, for first place by three points. And it's interesting because then you look at like kind of how the uh, the meet laid out. Plano had uh, they had, they totaled seven gold medals, and that was more than second place Geyer and third place Allen combined. But they only won yeah. district by three points. So what that kind of says is that um, you know Geyer and Allen probably had a bit of a depth advantage there and placed yeah. a lot more runners. You know, not first, but you know third, fourth, yeah. and those points kind of add up. But with, the relays count more than the yeah, individual yeah. event too, right? But with um, but with Plano, it's kind of encouraging kind of from a big picture standpoint because the further you get in the track postseason, the more like your top end talent really begins to kind of rack up the points versus depth. Um, it begins to, you know, the best runners are eventually going to separate themselves the further you get in the postseason. And Plano's got, you know, they've got a few this year that have a chance to, you know, this team has the potential to do something big. Um, you know, runners like Ashlyn Hilliard, Kennedy Blackman, Bianca Carocchio. I mean, this is a team that, you know, even though they kind of squeak by to get that district title, once you get to the area and regional meet. This is a team that um, you know they could potentially, if they were able to get you know at least those three runners, you know plus you know maybe a relay to state. I mean, it's not out of the question they could rack up enough points. You know, just yeah, between not too many programs are going to have five or six mm-hmm. athletes at state. Yeah, so Plano's top end talent might actually be you know some of the uh, some of the better you know better in the uh, in the state. And hopefully, we'll get to see get a chance to see if that pans out over the next uh, few weeks as the track postseason continues. Um, otherwise, that is about all I had. JT, Brian, appreciate y'all for tagging along. Appreciate y'all for checking this out. Um, yeah, this has been Matt Welch with Star Local Media signing off. Y'all enjoy the rest of your week. Thanks again to our sponsors, Star Local Media, 14 newspapers and websites with a print distribution of 270,000 homes and monthly page views of 600,000 online. Star Local Media, your community voice for news. Looking to hire top talent in your community? Look no further than StarLocalJobs.com. Our platform is specifically designed to connect local employers with qualified candidates in their area. With StarLocalJobs.com, you can easily post job listings tailored to your specific needs and requirements. Our platform is user-friendly and offers a wide range of options to help you find the perfect candidate for your open position. Plus, our job matching algorithm ensures that your listing is shown to the most relevant job seekers in your area. But that's not all. StarLocalJobs.com also offers a variety of resources to help you throughout the hiring process. From candidate screening to interview tips, our team of experts is dedicated to helping you find the right fit for your company. So why wait? Join the thousands of satisfied employers who have found their ideal candidate through StarLocalJobs.com. Post your job listing today and start building your dream team.